All right, we are now live. Welcome to Authentic Influence Live with Anthony Chansmove, Simple Creative Marketing. I have with me my good friend, David Jennings from Systemology.com. Um, just to give a bit of a background, we are going to be talking about how to systemize your business uh, for profit and life, well, lifestyle, but you know, it's all about life, isn't it? Um, and uh, first of all, let me welcome Dave to the show. Dave, glad to have you here, mate. Yes, I've been looking forward to this. We've got lots of good stuff to cover. <laughs> we sure do. Now, I just want to give the the audience a bit of a background uh, in terms of who you are. If they don't know who you are, um, essentially 2016, let's go back there. Uh, David successfully systemized himself out of his business. So he had one of Australia's most trusted digital agencies. Uh, I don't remember this, uh, melbourneseoservices.com. Uh, and through that process became really a system systems devotee uh, founding system hub uh, which is a software um, and also and systemology which is the methodology around systemizing a business so today his mission is to free all business owners uh, worldwide from the daily operations of running their business uh, and so you've just released a book uh, very recently a couple of months ago uh, systemology you've got there there it is on the shelf okay create time reduce errors and uh, what's the last part of it uh, scale your business with scale your business. business systems that's it all right so um, love it so we're going to deep dive into that there are a few things that are on my mind around systemization and uh, like some of the challenges that business owners face with that and you know them very well because you've been there um uh, and i want to give a, a welcome also to i can see cheryl's just jumped on that's to the live going hey great software so she knows your software dave <laughs> one of your customers sounds like um so let's just jump off with yeah the the, the systems how did you, we know how you got into it but what were what are some of the common challenges you see business owners have when it comes to systemization biggest thing that holds business owners back are all of these beliefs that they have around systems and processes so oftentimes they believe that they're going to have to be the person who creates it they might think that they're going to need hundreds of systems they might think that it's going to be time consuming to do the documentation they might think that they're going to use some complex piece of software or even if they create the systems or the processes, they're going to be worried that their team might not even follow them. Or maybe they're worried that they have to systemize like McDonald's. There's a lot of just these ideas around systems that people just pick up along the way. Usually it's because the business owner isn't a systems person uh, by nature, it's something they appreciate the importance of systems and processes and they've read all of the books and they know they should have systems and processes, but then for whatever reason, they've decided, oh, I've tried to do that in the past. It didn't work for me. I'm not a systems person. I don't really like systems and I can't own a systemized business. And once you start, of, you start and understand, well, what happens if all of those misconceptions and beliefs were wrong? What if you as a business owner could run a business that was systems-centered, something that would not have any sort of dependency on you as the business owner or any key temp team members? What happened if, if you could build a business that creates time and space for you and allows you to do your best work? And I'm here to let all business owners know through systemology that 
this is well and truly possible. And hopefully we can challenge some of those beliefs today. I love that. And I want to, I mean, I'm glad we're starting at mindset because I know personally that's been a challenge. It's kind of like this whole, typically when a business starts and you're the practitioner. And so, for example, I've been the copywriter. So I've written copy for people, I've written uh, my own. And then I started a business around that, an article writing service, as you know, Dave. Um, and one of the biggest challenges I had initially was no one's going to be able to write copy as well as I can, right? Um, and the clients and the feedback coming from the clients was, that's right, we, we're hiring you, Ant. So we don't want a second person writer that we don't know. Uh, and so I had to let go of that, you know, psychologically and go, actually, uh, you know, it's my responsibility to deliver an outcome, right? It's not that they're buying me, but they're buying a specific outcome. Uh, and I kind of think that's what, when it comes to systemization, the business owner goes through, right? So it's almost this ego thing going on where it's like I have to be the one writing the SOPs I have to be the one um, you know pulling the process out of my head and doing all these things so can we talk a bit about that and, and um, mm. how, how that really gets in the way of being able to scale it starts off with business owners when they first start a business they see a problem in the world that they want to solve they create a business to meet that demand and then they just get out there and start doing it. Oftentimes, they can do the thing and they can do the thing really, really well, whether it's cutting hair, mowing lawns or writing articles, whatever it is, they do that really, really well. And then this sort of reinforcement loop happens. They win clients, they get great feedback. The clients keep coming back because they're doing such great work and the business owner picks up all of these bad habits of inserting themselves into every part of the process, which they need to do to get the business off the ground. Sadly, though, that's also what ends up holding them in the business because then those bad habits are very hard to break because all of their success has come from them being across all of the parts of the business. So the real key here. Uh, is to understand it's okay if you've done that up until now, but if your business can't work without you, then it's broken. So we just need to recognize that if you can only see the way forward with you delivering the product or service, then you're kind of setting yourself up to never really build a business. It's it's that classic line of you own more of a job because you're the one ultimately who's having to do it. A business should be able to generate profit without any form of key person dependency. Now, to add on to that, being that I've been working with an accounting firm for the last five years and uh, we see, you know, business owners coming in going, okay, my goal is to eventually sell the business or to, um, you know, get into a place where it could be sellable. Not everyone wants to sell it, um, but if you need to do that, something that we're always saying is, well, you need to actually make sure that you're out of the business and, and that you have a system in place, you have team members and, and tools and whatever it is so that the asset it's itself is the business, right? So if the business relies on the owner, as you say, David, and, and they and they cannot step away from the business, now you don't have a business that you can, you know, it's more like you've created this uh, 60, hour, 60 hour a week job for yourself that's worse than, than having a salad role where you can walk away and go home every day. Um, so tell me about the, the, the true cost of not systemizing your business. Yes. Um, 
one of the biggest ones, if you don't systemize, you, you're reducing your options. Now, you might never have the intention of selling your business right now, especially imagine building up a business um, where it was systemized and it's running smoothly without any sort of key person dependency and it's putting money in your bank account. You might not ever end up selling it and that's okay. But we always talk about building a business as though it were sellable because I also think you, you never know what is going to happen. With me, with the digital agency, I owned that business for about 10 years before I started systemizing it and then I stepped out of the operations. I hired a CEO. She started running that business and she ran it successfully for three years where I very much was the business owner. We would meet once a month. We would go through the financials and we would talk about the direction for the business. And uh, I was happy with that. Every quarter I was getting a profit distribution. And then late last year, so October, uh, what's that, 2019, Melissa had said, look, I need to head back to the States. Um, there's just some family matters that I need to attend to. She hopped on the plane and, and flew away for a couple of months. Unfortunately, um, she'd put some good systems in place that the, the business was still operating well while she was away. But when she came back, she resigned. She said, look, um, I have to move back to the States and I, I won't be able to run the business while I'm in, in the States. So I need to resign. And at that point, I was left with that, like that moment, what do I do? I can either be pulled back into the business. And even if we hired another CEO, I'd have to train them up and I'd work very closely together. Or I had the option to exit at that point in time. And I only had that option to exit because we'd systemized the business, because it was managed by uh, Melissa. That way, the potential acquirer knew that they weren't just buying a business that was dependent on me. And I ended up getting two offers on the table, and we actually did handover um, at the start of the year, 1st of Feb. Um, and even though I never had intentions of selling that business, I was planning on taking profits from that every quarter until, you know, the end of days. But circumstances changed and having it systemized gave me the option to at least cash out because if I didn't have that, it wouldn't have been worth anything and I probably would have got more of a fire sale. I wouldn't have got very much for that business at all, whereas I got a very good multiple as a result of it being systemized. I want to say congratulations, Dave. <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice accomplishment. I know it wasn't the intention, but um, like you say, you actually put yourself in a situation where that was possible, right? Where a lot of others, you know, being hit by COVID and whatever it is, and they're going, oh my gosh, I'm scrambling now um, to keep the business afloat. And we've certainly seen businesses experience that, uh, when, you know, going back to March or April this year, um, and they don't have that opportunity or that luxury to say, well, actually, I can actually sell it because it has been systemized. Um, so that, that's fantastic. All right, so let's talk about, um, well, maybe this is really, you know, what's what are business systems okay because i know people mm. are going oh systemization uh, you know yeah. um, but anth and dave what are you really talking about when you when you talk about business systems how about we just define that yeah definitely try and simplify it as best as we can because there's tons of names when people say soft like systems sometimes they think software or automation uh, also when you think about business systems you might be thinking processes sops standard operating procedures checklists uh, how-to documents. So there's a range of different names. But if we were to simplify all of that just down into the word systems, what I'm talking about is a, a consistent 
steps that when followed produce a consistent outcome. So it's just a series of steps that when followed, they produce a consistent outcome. And your business is a collection of systems. Whether they're documented or not doesn't take away the fact that they exist, that your team and you, you have a way of doing things. When we talk about capturing and documenting your, your business systems and processes, it's just about identifying the most important ways, figuring out what are the best practices that are going on inside your business and then capturing those so everybody operates at the same standard rather than if the systems aren't documented or really loose, everybody kind of does their own thing. There's no real consistency. You can't rely or depend on things. Things get missed. It's not very scalable and it's hard to plug other team members in to help or to step in where needed if there's no real way of doing things because no one really knows where anything is up to when, when it's that way. So yeah, systems are just a, a series of steps that when followed create a consistent outcome. And that's really good when you talk about service delivery and making sure that um, no matter, I guess the way I look at it is you have uh, specific functions within the business and you want to make sure that the standard stays the same regardless of whether you have, uh, obviously we all want to retain our staff and you know the, the best people and these sort of things, but things do happen. Sometimes you lose a key team member uh, and you, like you, you mentioned with your CEO, uh, you want to make sure that you do have documented you know, processes and systems in place so it, someone can plug in uh, and be able to sort of go from day one, right, and not have to uh, worry too much about, oh, my gosh, all that information and, and IP is stored in someone's head and they've just left the company. Like that yes. that's a ma massive pain point. And I know I experienced that before, yeah. Everything in your business is a system or a process. If it is repeatable, there is a system and a process attached to it. So that includes marketing, that includes sales, that includes your finance, that includes the operations, the delivery of the product and service, that includes your HR, that includes your management. The key is to figure out the 80-20. What are the 20% of the systems that drive 80% of the result in that department? And then you want to identify them so you can then start to capture them and develop a way of doing things. So well, I've got a good friend, uh, Alan Dibb, and he wrote a book called The One Page Marketing Plan. And he is a systems thinker. So when he thinks about marketing, he thinks in terms of marketing systems. There are certain repeatable tasks that he does day in and day out. He's written a book. One of the things that he does day in, day in, out, and he's got a system written for it is to go out and collect uh, case studies and uh, testimonials that basically end up uh, on his Amazon, like Amazon reviews. So it's a system where he's actively going out and seeking those reviews and getting them on Amazon. He's got other systems where he then does uh, outreach to people to get influencers free copies of his book to review it and then hopefully put it in front of their audience. And these are systems. Every department has a set of systems. And uh, I think that's just something, once you get that and you realise this filters into everything, um, it can really start to change the way that you look at business. 100%. Now, Dave, tell us, why is the owner the worst person to systemize the business? Yes, the owner is very busy. I think uh, usually they're juggling 50 million things. And they see systems as important, but they're never urgent. So they never really get round to it. It's something that stays on the to-do list. Not only that, oftentimes 
business owners, they're big picture thinkers. They don't necessarily love that detail-orientated task of documenting systems and processes. So not only do they not have time to do it, but then they also don't enjoy doing it. So oftentimes they're the worst person in the organization to do it. And it's the same with your best team members. Sometimes people think, oh, if I'm the business owner, I can just rule with an iron fist and tell my team, hey, you've got to document the way that you do things or you're going to get fired. Now, you could do things that way. It's not an ideal way to approach it. A better better way, the systemology way, is to recognize that uh, systems and process development, it's a two-person job. You've got the person with the knowledge and then you've got a second person who becomes the documenter. The person with the knowledge, it's just about recording them doing the task, whether that's a Zoom or a Loom or it's done on an iPhone, just record them doing the thing and then you give it to a separate person who's the documenter. They watch the video and they pull out the key steps. So wherever possible, we want to remove the business owner and we'll get other team members to do it. If the business owner's got to be the person, then, hey, let's just record them doing it, but they don't do any of the documentation. And then that goes to another team member and that just frees up the whole process. And how do we go about determining what to systemize first? Yes, Uh, the steps in systemology, I mean, the the first one, because that is the most common question is, well, where do I start? What is the first system or two that I focus on? So we have a process in the systemology book called the critical client flow. And where I suggest people start is you want to systemize how the business makes money. When you think about it, the lifeblood of any business is cash flow. So we want to be able to get new customers, we want to be able to sell them, we want to be able to deliver the product and service, and we want them to be able to come back. If Using the critical client flow, if you map that journey of grabbing someone's attention, handling an inquiry, taking them through a sales process, onboarding them, issuing an invoice, delivering the core product or service, and then getting them to come back, start by mapping that. Because if you can have the business make money without any key person dependency, be it on the business owner or any other team member, you'll have a tremendous win. I suggest start there and uh, you can narrow it even further. If you've got some particular problem areas in your business, uh, as long as it's within the critical client flow, narrow into those areas first. But save things like systems for hiring staff and onboarding and management systems and finance systems and all of those other systems, just put those on ice for the moment and just focus on systemizing the way the business makes money. That's very smart. (laughs) And you just want to make sure that you have that constant uh, revenue coming through to the business. Um, You don't want to pause for three months trying to you know, systemize your onboarding and then realize, oh my gosh, we don't have clients coming through the door uh, or retaining clients. That's probably another important system to to put into place. Um, I really like that. So now I just want to mention here to our listeners that um, you do have a free template uh, that you're gifting to everyone, which is a system for creating systems. I like that and some training to go with that. Uh, So if you are listening, I suggest you head along to uh, simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash David, uh, and that will link you up to David's um, template. Can you just share for the viewers here and listeners yeah. what uh, what they can get from that template? If I touched on the 
secret before. There's actually two secrets when it comes to documenting systems and processes. One, uh, the first secret I shared was this idea of it's a two-person job, the person with the knowledge, and then you've got the documenter that's separate. And if there was a, another secret, it would be that you need to develop a system for systemizing your business. You need a system for creating systems. It sounds a little bit meta, but when you give something to a documenter, you want to say, hey, here's our way of creating systems and processes. And that's really what the system for creating systems is. It's just a template to get you started. My goal with all of our templates that we share is to get you 80% of the way there. And then you come in, you customize the final 20% to make sure it suits your business. And then you can basically deploy that template in your business. So it's yeah, nice and easy, just uh, download and get started. Once again, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash David. You can grab that template there. There's also a training video that goes along with that. Um, if you're not sick of Dave's voice, and you won't be, uh, you can actually go and <laughs> have a listen to that as well. Now, you also uh, launched along with the book, you you launched a program or a, um, a licensing program. Can you explain a bit more about your systemologists and what they do? Yes. So you mentioned the the dream right at the start of the company is to free all business owners worldwide from the day-to-day -day operations. We realize that I, I can't do that on my own and working one-on-one -on -one with clients, I'm just going to very quickly tap out. I used to do that type of work, uh, but now uh, we've created a program to train up what we call systemologists. We have certified systemologists who go through a program. They learn the seven steps of systemology and how to apply it for businesses and business owners. And they're now our consultants. They're our messengers. They go out and they share the word about systemology. We've had our first group go through and we're starting another one in, in January, 2021. And uh, the goal for us is to get to a hundred certified consultants by the end of next year. So that's really a big focus for us. Cause I think, if we can empower the systemologists, they can then work with a larger number of business owners and then we can have the biggest impact with systemology. Fantastic. And I'm, I'm, we're going to have to check in with you sometime next year to see how you're tracking with the 100. I'm pretty sure you'll nail it. Um, the book launch was just fantastic. And I do need to get you back at some point to break break down the, um, from a marketing perspective, the, the process yes. and the system for, for a book launch, because I know a lot of our listeners are interested in doing that. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll revisit that at another date. So one sort of question before we start to wrap up here, you talked about, you started to mention the, the process um, for creating effective systems and the three steps. So can you just run through that for our audience here? Yeah. So um, when you're talking about the extraction, like the whole systemology process is it's seven steps, but if it's for the extraction component initially, um, I could just kind of back up. Step number one is you want to identify what systems you want to capture. We call that part of the critical client flow. And there's maybe 10 to 15 systems you should start with. Then you want to move to step number two, which is thinking, well, where does that knowledge reside? Because ideally we want to get the business owner out of the equation as much as possible. Just think who on the team currently does this better than anyone else. And we want to try and capture what they're doing. Don't try and make it perfect. Just make it best practice of whatever's currently going on in your business. Then we move to the extraction piece, which then we talked about the two secrets. It's, uh, we've got an extractor and we all like the knowledgeable worker. And then we have some sort of extractor or documenter. Uh, then 
the other piece is to use the system for creating systems and you start going through that process. And then the step after that uh, is then you need to start to think about where that knowledge is stored and you think about how that works alongside your project management platform. Because it's one thing to have things documented, it's another to then actually get your team to follow it. So you've got to make sure the point at which a task is assigned, there is also a link to a system or a process which then explains how it's done because that then it sets out the expectation. And then when we kind of move through some of the later stages of systemology, it is about getting buy-in. That's uh, step number five. And then step number six is looking for scale. That's when we start to think about, well, what are all of the other important systems needed for scaling a business? Things around recruitment and onboarding and the management systems. And then finally, we think about optimizing. That's the final stage. My biggest suggestion is anything that gets in the way of you getting this started um, is something that you just want to try and eradicate. So I just say, leave optimization till the end. Let's just capture what you're doing, figure out your best practice, get everybody doing that. And then further down the line, you can circle back around to try and improve what you've got. But tremendous wins can be had just by getting everybody up to a, a particular standard. Yeah, and just having, like, to add on to what you just said there, Dave, just having a repository that people can reference within your team um, and say, okay, well, what is that process for lead generation? What is that process for, you know, booking clients and sales and whatever it is, um, it, you know, to have a place to reference? Uh, now, I, I'm, to add on to this, there's a question here from Cheryl that uh, relates to, the, to what we're talking about. Let me just bring that up on the screen here. Okay, so Cheryl's asking, what are the pros and cons of using a software uh, like System Hub versus using just G Suite or something else like that? Yeah. So, I mean, you can head to systemhub.com, scroll right down to the bottom, and there's literally a uh, System Hub versus Google Suite um, video. But, I mean, the short version of it is uh, the, the whole idea to get complete buy-in from the team is it needs to be incredibly easy. Now, if you use something like Google Sites, Google Sites is for creating websites. And uh, typically speaking, when you're creating websites, you go to a web developer because there's a little bit of a learning curve to get your head around Google Sites. Um, so definitely the worst of the bunch is Google Sites because it's not designed for the purpose of building out wikis. It'll rely on one or two team members to keep it updated which means it's not a full team endeavor, uh, which then means that very rarely does it get updated. And, and what we're actually trying to do here is build up the systems culture. Now, if we were to drill into G Suite, which is a little bit different, that might be something like Google Docs. That's another way to potentially build out your systems. The risk is that it ends up being an unorganized uh, Google Drive folder where you've got all of these systems that sometimes don't follow the same structure and you're not able to easily embed different type of media, have email templates. Um, you also have restrictions around what people can and can't see. The ideal scenario is to assign a team member to a role. So you might say, oh, this team member is a marketing person and they only see the systems related to their role. They don't need to see the HR systems and um, it, it gets really quite clunky. While you can control some level of permissions inside 
something like, uh, you know, G Suite or we're using Google Docs, you're going to have to be assigning those permissions one at a time. You can't do it through roles. Like there's a range of things. The best thing to do really, head to systemhub.com, scroll down the bottom, and there's two links, one that compares it to Google Sites and another one that compares it uh, to G Suite or, or Google Docs. Okay, great tip there. I agree. It's uh, having a so for us, we've been using um, well, at B Ninjas, we're using a tool called Process Suite, um, which is the shift from going from a whole bunch of Google Docs and folders and things like this in G Suite across to a tool like that. Um, this was before I knew about System Hub, so don't blame me, Dave. It wasn't my decision. <laughs> um, uh, it, it, yeah, we just night and day. Like we, you know, there's an approval process that the the tool allows us to have. You know, when an SOP is created, um, we send that. There are managers who are who listed users that listed as managers, so they have approval rights. So when we have a team member who is documenting the process, they submit that as a draft for review. We have a manager who gets an alert and they go in and they they you know authorize it. Um, we can tag things. We can put it in. Procedures. There's, there's a whole bunch of things you can do, and I, I know System Hub can do that as well. So, um, definitely a clear benefit and, and recommend. Yeah, and it doesn't really matter what platform you use, as long as you take away from this call. The big takeaway is to have something in place because Google, like G Suite or, or Google Sites, that they're not built for what we're talking about. They've not been designed to house uh, standard operating procedures and systems and processes, so they do it really, really poorly. Um, whereas something like a system hub, that's what it's been designed to do. So it does it really well. 100%. Okay, so we're going to wrap up. I want to just remind everyone, go and grab that free template. Um, if you're at that stage where, okay, you're ready to systemize or you already have some systems in place and you want to sort of optimize that, uh, the system for creating systems, uh, that is so meta. I'm, my head's going, that's crazy, but I love it. Um, simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash David. That will send you to David's site. You can grab his template and the training uh, and definitely go check out the book. I've got my copy. Uh, read through that. You'll get the seven steps in detail. Uh, and then it's on if Amazon. If you like Audible, you can listen to the audio. There's oh, plenty there. of ways to, to listen. Is that your voice? I remember you did the recording, didn't you? I did. <laughs> How was that for you? uh long but i get such good feedback from it i'm i'm the same whenever i listen to a book that's read by the author i just enjoy it infinitely more than if it's just some voiceover talent yeah yeah be funny with someone else <laughs> so uh, okay grab the book audio whatever version you want uh and then if you are interested in the uh, becoming a systemologist uh where's the best place for people to check that out yeah, if you just head over to systemology.com, go into the services page, there's plenty of different ways that we can either help you or uh, point you in the right direction, answer some questions, my link to my socials and things like that. Everything is over at systemology.com. Beautiful. All right, so final question for you, Dave. What does authentic influence mean to you? Authentic influence is about making sure that you you position yourself well in advance of having the discussion with someone. Like I think the most authentic, powerful influence happens when you kind of lay all of that groundwork and when you start chatting with someone because all of that's already baked in and then they get that genuine feeling that you're here to help them like a trusted advisor it makes it infinitely easier for them to work with you because they know that you're there with their best interests at heart. 
So it's definitely something that I think everybody should work towards. And I'm going to recommend two resources that kind of support what Dave's saying here. Uh, one is Dave's first book, which is called Authority Content, uh, a sy simple system for building your brand sales and credibility. Uh, that's actually how I found out about you uh, years ago. <laughs> um, and then the second thing is Dave has also has a podcast called Business Processes Simplified. So you can grab that, check that out on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, or any of your good podcast apps. Uh, Dave, Thank you so much, mate, for joining me today. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely keep you in touch and bring you back at another time. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks for the opportunity, Anthony. Okay. Now, just quickly, if you want to check out the show notes for this episode, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash podcast uh, and you can grab all the links and things and resources on there and also if you are a conscious entrepreneur got a professional services business working b2b uh, and you've got an interest in building influence and income through showing up serving others and being real then i invite you to join my authentic influence warriors facebook group uh, if you want to do that just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash community Okay, thanks for joining in and I'll see you on the next episode.